Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is your host, Don McCauley. Today, we're welcoming the program author Bob Doppelt, and he is the author of Preventing and Healing Climate Traumas, a guide for building resilience and hope in communities. Before I bring in today's guest, a quick reminder, the selected interviews are available at our website, as well as on major platforms like Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and many more. Bob, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you for having me here today. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Well, I coordinate the International Transformational Resilience Coalition, ITRC for short. We're a national network of mental health, human services, and other organizations that are trying to enact policies and programs that prevent and heal the growing mental health problems generated by the climate emergency. So tell us about your book. Well, yes, thank you. Preventing and Healing Climate Trauma came out of a one and a half year extensive research program in which we looked all over the world for programs and policies that could prevent and heal widespread mental health problems caused by relentless adversities and disasters. And it turned out that what we found was individualized mental health treatments, which dominate our mental health system in the U.S., will remain important, but that cannot address these issues. And instead, we need to build population-level mental wellness and resilience using a public health approach to mental wellness and resilience. And that's what the book talks about. What is a public health approach to mental wellness and resilience? Why is it so important? And how can it benefit everybody in the U.S. today? Now, who did you write your book for specifically? Who's your target audience here? Yeah, this book is specifically written for adults in the community health, mental health, human services, education, climate, and faith and spirituality fields, because they're the people that are engaged in their community and are concerned about how to address social, psychological, emotional distresses and traumas. And it's also written for elected officials at all levels of government who are focused on these issues. So it's really focused on people who are engaged in their community in some level. Sometimes it's voluntary, sometimes it's professional, but are working to enhance the health and wellness of their community. So could you say there's any type of central message or perhaps underlying theme that runs throughout your book? Yes, there definitely is. And that is there is a way to reduce today's epidemic of harmful mental health problems and prevent even worse epidemics from emerging in the future due to the rapidly accelerating climate crisis. And it is not individualized mental health services that will remain important, but it is to build population level mental wellness and what I call transformational resilience and that requires engaging residents in their community in developing and implementing strategies that help everyone learn how to remain emotionally stable in the midst of adversities. We call this learn how to be present or presencing skills, as well as 
then to find new meaning, purpose, and hope in the midst of adversities, and we call those purposing skills. So it's really to focus on engaging community members in building population-level mental wellness resilience by focusing on both presencing and purposing resilient skills. So if you had to choose, what would you say is the single most important idea you're sharing in your book that's really going to add value to the reader's life? Well, that's a very good question. And it, it really is that readers can learn how they, their families, and their friends can remain psychologically and emotionally healthy and resilient in the midst of the climate-generated and related stresses and traumas that are accelerating by joining with other residents in their community in what are called resilience coordinating networks to continually engage in a number of fundamental focuses that our extensive research found really can prevent and heal ongoing traumas and stresses. And I can talk about those in a few minutes, but it's really important to realize that this is a way people can remain healthy and resilient by joining with others in their community in a specific set of activities that research shows really works. So if you were asked to compare your book with any book out there we might already be familiar with, which book would it be and why? Well, I think one book that really stands out, actually there are two that are related, is Viktor Frankl's books, Man's Search for Meeting and Yes to Life Despite Everything. Uh, you might remember that Viktor Frankl was in the concentration camps in World War II, and he found, he was a psychologist, a psychiatrist actually, and found that people who survived best actually had developed ways to keep themselves emotionally and psychologically calm and find meaning in life by helping other people or doing other things like that. Obviously, we're not talking about concentration camps in this book. We're talking about a civilization-altering event which is the climate emergency that is going to increasingly traumatize and stress everybody. And the same principle is apply as Viktor Frankl wrote about. Humans are meaning-making species and creatures, and that's what we need to focus on now, how to help people find new meaning, purpose, and hope in life in the midst of ongoing adversities. That's what this book is about. Now, what is climate overshoot and what are the impacts of that? Yeah, that's a term readers are really going to want to understand because it's what climate scientists use to describe when average global surface temperatures rise more than 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit or 1.5 degrees Celsius above the levels that existed for the last 10,000 years and allow a human civilization to develop. The best science now indicates that when temperatures overshoot the 2.7 degree Fahrenheit threshold, very serious, and in some cases possibly irreversible damage will occur to the Earth's climate and ecological systems that supports human society as we know it. This research has just found that this past 12 months have been the hottest on the planet in the past 12,000 years. And we did, in fact, briefly overshoot the 2.7 degree threshold, Fahrenheit threshold, that this past summer, in part due to El Nino. And the best projections now are that without rapid dramatic changes in reducing emissions and restoring natural systems, we will permanently overshoot the 2.7 degree extreme danger threshold sometime in the next 
five years. And that's why it is so important to begin to build population level mental wellness resilience for the adversities that are speeding our way. So what are the impacts of the global climate ecosystem biodiversity crisis? Yeah, thank you for asking that. What's really important to understand is that rising temperatures combined with the relentless extraction of materials from the Earth's surface and massive resource consumption and waste that has gone on for the last 100, 150 years have degraded air quality, soils, waterways, forests, and other ecological systems and driving many species to extinction. So to be technically accurate, humanity is in the midst of a global climate ecosystem biodiversity emergency, not just an atmospheric climate crisis. And by reading the book, the readers will understand that we are in the initial stage of this profound civilization-altering event. And as this crisis worsens, we will see cascading disruptions and damage to the ecological, economic, and social systems humans rely on for food, water, shelter, jobs, incomes, health, safety, and other basic needs. That'll be combined with more disasters, which now capture our attention, extreme weather, disasters, floods, flyers, storms, etc. And the combination of these is really going to, over time, alter every aspect of human society and affect each one of us. And we need to get prepared for that. So how do those all affect individuals and organizations and communities and, in fact, entire societies? Well, one thing to keep in mind and and to learn, and the readers will learn it as they read the book, is that unaddressed trauma becomes buried in our nervous system. We actually embrace it. It's not just a psychological and emotional aspect. That's where it shows up, but it really gets buried in our nervous system, and it means to many types of troubles. So the combination of these cascading disruptions to the core systems we rely on for basic needs and more frequent extreme and prolonged disasters and emergencies are going to generate three different types of impacts. One is individual distress and trauma, but just as importantly, community trauma, and just as importantly, societal trauma. Individual traumas are what we normally think of as mental health problems, anxiety, depression, PTSD, complicated grief, increased suicidality, as well as what we call psychosocial or sometimes behavioral health problems, including rising drug and alcohol addictions, uh, family abuse, interpersonal aggression, etc. And those are going to continue to grow unless we get out front of them by building population level mental wellness and transformational resilience. But just as importantly are community traumas, which occurs when entire towns are traumatized, such as just recently occurred when Lahaina, Hawaii burned down. We've seen Paradise, California, the town of Blue River, Oregon, near where I live, burned down due, due to wildfires, but also when entire towns are destroyed by hurricanes and floods. And equally important to that is without swift dramatic changes and without building, unless we build population mental wellness resilience, we're going to see societal traumas, which means very similar to the COVID-19 pandemic, entire nations, cultures, or all of, of humanity becomes traumatized, which leads to profound sense of loss of meaning and hope in life, which can activate uh, coping mechanisms that end up actually harming the self, harming others, or harming the natural environment. 
So do you think that the treatment approaches we have in place today can address those impacts? No, they can't. As I discuss in the book, individualized mental health services will remain important where, when, and for whom it is available. However, this approach can address today's epidemic of mental health problems, and even with more funding and more licensed providers, it has zero chance of preventing or healing the pervasive trauma speeding our way due to the global climate ecosystem biodiversity crisis. There will never be enough providers to do that. And equally important is that mental health and behavioral health services are reactive, not proactive. They only help people mostly one at a time after they show symptoms of pathology and do not prevent mental health problems from emerging. And we really have to get out front of that. So again, individuals' mental health service will remain important, but we can't wait until billions of people are traumatized by climate and related adversities and then try to treat them. That's totally nonsensical and will be completely futile. So in your opinion, is there an approach that can effectively prevent and heal these impacts? Yes, there absolutely is. And we realized that, we found that after completing this extensive research project we engaged in, and that is to use a public health approach in communities, not individualized clinical treatment, to build population-level mental wellness and transformational resilience. If we do that, we can prevent and heal pervasive individual, community, and societal traumas caused by the climate emergency and many other related stresses, disasters, and adversities. So in your opinion, who should buy your book? I think anyone who is concerned about their own mental health, mental wellness, the wellness of their families, their children, and their community, and who are willing to engage in actions that can address those issues by thinking and acting differently, this is going to require new ways of acting and thinking, they, should, they would be very interested in buying the book. I think they'll find some very practical ways that they can engage in helping themselves, their families, and their community prevent and heal the traumas that already exist that are speeding our way. Do you have a website? Yes. My personal website is bobdopelt.com. And my organizational website, the International Transformational Resilience Coalition, is http colon backslash backslash itrcoalition.org. Well, this has been just great. Our guest today has been Bob Doppelt, and he is the author of Preventing and Healing Climate Traumas, A Guide to Building Resilience and Hope in Communities. Bob, thanks very much for being with us today. Thank you very much for having me as a guest. This is Don McCauley wrapping up another edition of The Author Show. Go out there, buy the book today, and please share this interview with your friends so that they, too, have the opportunity to discover our guests and their work. The Author Show can be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com, and whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books to read, The Author Show is a great place to start. Check us daily as we continue to introduce wonderful authors of very interesting books on The Author Show. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.